The Gospel lesson for the third Sunday after Trinity comes from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10, and it's on page 740 of your pew Bible if you want to follow along there. In this Gospel lesson, Jesus teaches us what repentance is. So please stand for the Gospel. From Luke 15, we begin reading at verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders. Rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Father, these are your words. Sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. Have you ever heard someone say, you got to get right with God? If you were, or perhaps are still, something of the rebellious type, you may have heard someone say this directly to you. You got to get yourself right with God with an angry finger, you know? Maybe you heard a preacher at a revival meeting say it, or maybe you heard it in a movie like a Western or something set in the Bible Belt. I guess I can't recall exactly where I may have heard it, but apparently I heard it somewhere, and it must have stood out as significant. Most likely, you have probably said something like this to yourself. You find yourself going down the wrong path, and you say to yourself, i got to get my life turned around. I got to get right with God. But it sounds harsher, of course, coming from someone else. You got to get yourself right with God. What does it mean? I suppose it's a way of saying repent, which is obviously good, right? But there's something about it that doesn't quite sound right. Even though we know that repentance is Good, even necessary. But what exactly is repentance? Before us this morning, we have two parables that teach us what repentance is. And there is hardly a biblical concept that is more crucial for sinners like us to understand than repentance. Because repentance is necessary for salvation. Without repentance, sinners earn for themselves an eternity of condemnation. So, 
what is repentance? In Luke 15, Jesus tells three parables to teach us what repentance is. We have the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the lost son, which is often called the parable of the prodigal son. But the parable of the lost son, or even the parable of the two lost sons, would be a better title. This morning, we consider the first two of these parables, the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. The text starts out with tax collectors and sinners drawing near to Jesus. And apparently, Jesus welcomed them and even ate with them. This was a big deal, especially the eating with them part. In many cultures, and especially in ancient Israel, eating with someone was a big deal. It meant acceptance. It meant you saw someone as something of an equal. Even in our country, it wasn't that long ago where in some places, while it may have been acceptable to have a black person as a friend, if you ate a meal with him, well, that might have been a scandal. And sadly, this might still be true in some parts of our country. I can't explain why eating together is such a big deal, but there's something about it that many different cultures have picked up on. There is something about it that is a sign of acceptance or even equality. It's almost like welcoming someone into your family. So the Pharisees and scribes, they grumbled when they saw Jesus welcome tax collectors and sinners and even eat with them. Now, sinners, you all know what sinners are, and we can all probably think of certain types of sinners that we don't want to be friends with. Tax collectors, they were like a special class of sinners. And tax collectors, you know, in our country, they might not get a lot of respect, even though they are performing a legitimate vocation. But in ancient Israel, they were despised. Jewish tax collectors especially were traitors because they were not collecting taxes for Israel. They were collecting taxes for the oppressive Roman Empire. This went way beyond taxation without representation. To collect taxes for Rome was the least patriotic thing a person could do. So the Pharisees and scribes were scandalized when they saw Jesus welcoming these tax collectors and sinners and eating with them. These were were people who, by their own actions, excluded themselves from the temple and from all the religious life of Israel. These were the type of people that you would expect to suddenly catch on fire if they ever darkened the door of the synagogue. These were bad people, and nobody was denying that. Not even Jesus denied that. So the Pharisees and scribes were scandalized, when they saw Jesus welcoming these bad people and eating with them. They saw Jesus, whom they considered to be a good teacher, perhaps even one of their own. They saw Jesus welcoming these bad people, and they were scandalized. They grumbled about it. They couldn't believe it. They thought to themselves, come on, Jesus, what are you doing? These people need to repent. Don't you know that? And of course, Jesus did 
know that. Jesus knew these were bad people. He knew they needed to repent. And that is exactly why he treated them the way he did. This is why he welcomed them. This is why he ate with them. Both Jesus and the Pharisees agreed that these bad people needed to repent. But they had different definitions of repentance. And that is the key difference. Everyone agreed that these bad people needed repentance. But Jesus simply had a different definition of repentance. So Jesus told these parables to teach repentance. The first is the parable of the lost sheep. A man has a hundred sheep, which was a lot back then. A typical shepherd might have had about 15. So anyone with a hundred sheep, he would also have a few hired hands to help with all the work. So the shepherd, he would lead the sheep around from field to field, and especially if he had a lot of sheep, like a hundred, He wouldn't let the sheep stay in one place too long because if they stayed there too long, they would eat all the grass and then they would run out of grass and the sheep would panic. So the shepherd would move them around a field from field to field, calling them and they would follow. And so apparently as they were moving from field to field, one of the sheep didn't hear the shepherd's call to keep going or he wandered too far away eating greener grass and he got lost. Then the time comes for the shepherd to stop and count his sheep, and he manages to do it without falling asleep, and behold, there are only 99. One is lost. He has to go find it. That is what any good shepherd would do. So he leaves the 99 in the open country, and he searches for the one. But he's not abandoning the 99. Remember, if he has 100 sheep he would also have a few hired hands, and all of Jesus' listeners would have known this. So the shepherd does not abandon the 99, but he leaves them with the hired hands, and he goes searching for the one lost sheep. This is what he has to do, because sheep, they don't find their way home. When they get lost, they panic, and they just hunker down where they are. Even when they hear the shepherd getting close and calling to them this familiar voice, they are so afraid they still won't move. This is why the shepherd has to carry the sheep home. Even after the sheep is found, it still won't walk. It won't walk until it gets home and starts to feel safe again. So the shepherd has to go looking for the sheep And when the shepherd finds the sheep, he has to carry this burden all the way home. And this is a heavy burden, carrying your livestock on your shoulder, you know? And it might be a long walk. But the shepherd rejoices to do it. And this, of course, dear lost sheep, is a picture of your Jesus. This is a picture of the cross, where Jesus joyfully bore the burden of your sin. We are the lost sheep, and Jesus is the good shepherd, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Just as the shepherd in the parable bears the burden for the sheep getting lost, so the good shepherd bears the burden for rescuing his lost sheep from their sin. 
And then notice what happens when he gets home. When he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. And there's a little bit of dry humor here that we might miss if we read it too quickly. The shepherd left home with a hundred sheep, and now his friends and neighbors see him coming home with just one, and the shepherd wants to have a party. We don't hear anything else about the 99. Remember, the shepherd, he left them in the open field, and we are left wondering about them. Will the hired hands get them home without losing anymore? We don't know. The lost sheep actually makes it home before the 99, because the shepherd carried it home. We don't know what happened to the rest, but heaven rejoices over one sinner who repents. So Jesus tells this parable for the lost tax collectors and sinners and against the hypocritical Pharisees and scribes. They are the 99 so-called righteous persons who think they need no repentance. Jesus tells this parable against the 99 to teach them that these lost tax collectors and sinners make it home first. They come into the kingdom of God before the Pharisees and scribes because they repented. And so Jesus says there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. Repentance That is the key teaching of this parable. So pay attention to this part of the the parable. Jesus compares a sinner who repents to a sheep that gets lost and found. This is how Jesus defines repentance. So look back at the parable again and think about this a little bit. What did the lost sheep do? What was the lost sheep's part in repentance? All the lost sheep did was get lost. All he did was get lost. Who discovered he was missing? The shepherd did. And who found whom? Did the sheep find his own way back home? No. The shepherd found the sheep. And what happened when the shepherd found the sheep? Did the sheep follow him home? No. The shepherd picked up this little lost and frightened and helpless sheep and carried it home. You see, the repentance of the sheep, it was all the work of the shepherd. And the same thing you see happens in the parable of the lost coin. The coin does not get itself found. That would be ridiculous. The coin gets found. And that is repentance. It's not like the lost coin decided to just pop up out of whatever crack in the floor it had fallen into and polish itself off so the woman would notice it. It's not like the woman said, oh, good for you, lost coin. You found your way back to the other nine. (laughs) And it's not like the shepherd takes the 99 sheep home and then waits, and then in the evening, the lost one comes walking back and knocks on the gate. Bah, let me in. It's not like the shepherd throws a party because the lost sheep found his way home. No, 
The shepherd throws a party because he went out and found the lost sheep. He went out and succeeded. The party is for the shepherd. And so when a sinner repents, heaven rejoices because of what Jesus did, while lost sinners get the credit. And this is salvation. Lost sinners getting the credit for what Jesus does. And that is repentance. Jesus defines repentance as him finding you. The only part we play in our repentance is the getting lost part. The finding part is all Jesus. The only thing we contribute to our repentance is our sin, and that's not the good part. Repentance is a matter of you being lost, Jesus finding you in your lost condition, and Jesus bearing the burden of your sin on the cross joyfully, because that is how he has rescued his lost sheep. And so when it came to the tax collectors and the sinners, Jesus agreed with the Pharisees and scribes. They all agreed that these bad people needed repentance, but they disagreed on what repentance is. The attitude of the Pharisees and scribes was, you got to get yourself right with God, clean yourself up, then we'll hang out, have a meal together. Then you can come to the same church as me. But for your own sake, get yourself right with God. But how do I do that? This is an easy thing for a hypocrite to say, because the hypocrite really does think that he has gotten himself right with God. But this is a hard thing for the sinner to hear, because the sinner has better theology than the hypocrite. The sinner knows who he is. And the sinner knows that he can't get himself right with God. He has probably tried before and failed. And the hypocrite, he also has tried to get himself right with God, and he, like the sinner, has also failed. The difference is that the hypocrite lied to himself and told himself that he did get right with God when he really didn't. You see, you can't get yourself right with God. You can't get yourself found. This has to be the work of Jesus. And this is the work of Jesus. And this is good. Whether it is the Pharisees and the scribes or the tax collectors and sinners or whatever sinners you and I don't want to be friends with or you and me. Whoever it is, repentance is always the work of Jesus. And this is good because this is the only way that repentance is ever going to happen. It is Jesus, the good shepherd, who searches for his dear sheep and finds us lost in our sin and bears that burden of sin on the cross with joy so that he might carry us home to live with him in his kingdom forever. And that is repentance.
For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Amen. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.